Praise God. Uh, let's open to the scripture and, and then we'll read this and then I'm going to call up my partner in faith, Pastor Kim. We're going we're gonna, to uh, work together tonight. And just let it flow some things that the Lord has um, taught us through revelation and experience. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to sit around and dine together. All right, so let's read uh, our foundation scripture that we, we chose, Matthew 15. Matthew 15. You know, we've been on this maximized life, the maximized life, and we did uh, 12 parts of that. So we're going to call tonight the climax of it. Amen. We're going to close out. We'll pick up something new on Sunday, Lord's willing. Hallelujah. Tonight we want to talk about the demander's anointing. The demander's anointing. So all the things we've talked and taught about, uh, we got to put some practical movement on those things. So we're not just people who holler at a good word, but we move at a word. You understand what I mean by that? The word it meant for us is holler at. We got to move on it. Amen. All right, Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28. 28. Y'all have that? All right, let's read together. Ready? Read. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Father, thank you tonight for the flow of your word. Thank you for utterance that comes by the Holy Spirit. I thank you for ears to hear, hearts to receive what you have for us tonight. Now, Lord, I pray that you help us to know and see how to take the word from just things that we hear to actions that we take so that we can move into fully the maximized life that you provided for us through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. It's already been paid for. We don't want to leave anything on the table. We want to take everything that you have for us, God. Receive it. Enjoy it. Live it. Share it. That other people will be drawn into this life as well, God. That people who are lost and dying and hurting and hungry all over the world will know there is a God in Israel. You are the only living God. And that you can bless each person turn our lives around. Now, bless us tonight, we pray in this word, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please welcome Pastor Kim on up here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get her ready to go here. All right. All right. We got to adjust her down a little bit. Praise the Lord. It's normal. You're normally loud. Praise God. All right, so we've been uh, talking again about the maximized life. Uh, get that scripture up on the screen, please, for us. Ephesians 3, 
19 and 20, where we begin, uh, Paul talks about his grant request for the people of God. Uh, it's written to the church at Ephesus, but it applies to all believers, even to this day in 2014, uh, that we be filled with the fullness of God, right? Yes, sir. Pleroma, the riches, the agency, the power, everything that, the resources of God, everything that God is, right? Then he goes on to say in, in uh, verse 20, he says, now to him who is able to do what? Exceeding, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to what? The power. The power. That's that, that comes from that pleroma, right? So we've been talking again about the maximized life. And he says that God's able to do exceeding, abundantly above, we read Amplified Bible, infinitely beyond all of our highest hopes, prayers, dreams, thoughts, desires. And so he says, God is able to do exceeding above all we can ask. That word ask is the one we talked about a couple weeks ago, ateo. Remember that word ateo, which is um, to ask or to beg, to call for, to crave, to desire. Then he says, above all we can ask or think. Now that word think, and I didn't give this to you immediately, please forgive me for that, uh, uh, is uh, noeo, which means to perceive with the mind. So not only is God able to do above what you can verbalize, mm -hmm. but what you can perceive with the mind, it means to understand, to think upon, to heed, to ponder, or consider. In other words, God is able to do more than you can even wrap your mind around. That's right. And really, that's the challenge to most of us as Christians, is trying to wrap our minds around the things that God talks about. That's right. Because God speaks in real lofty terms. God is a big God. Right? Everything he talks is very big. He never talks anything small. He never talks anything normal. He never talks anything menial. And the challenge to most of us in the body of Christ is how do I wrap my mind around what God is saying? And, 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 and really, I don't, I don't know if any of us on the planet have. Matter of fact, we have not. Not one, of, not one believer has fully wrapped their minds around what God is really saying. That's right. Because he's talking about, Paul talks about how it's God's desire in the last days to show or demonstrate his exceeding riches toward us who believe. Wow. The exceeding riches of his grace. Well, I mean, that means everything we're thinking about is nowhere near what he's talking about. Are y'all following what I'm saying That's to right. you? So all that we can ask or all that we can think is nowhere close to what God's talking about. And we got to try to wrap our minds around that. And uh, so Pastor Kim and I really wanted to share tonight some things uh, that we think will help us not only begin to, to wrap our minds around some things, right. to do our best to do that, but also how to begin to apply uh, ourselves toward the things right. of God. Practical. Practical. Some steps. Right. So I'll let you jump in anytime. Also, uh, we're going to have a microphone, so this you can also ask questions. This is that time, you know, uh, it's like sitting at the table. Okay? Uh, ask me questions because we want to, we don't want just this just to be some um, mental ascent teaching that you just, oh, that all sounds good, Pastor. Right. No, I want you to do it. I want you to have it. I want you to get it. I want you to be it. I want you to drive it. Yes. I want you to live in it. Yes. I want you to wear it. Yes. I want you to eat it. Yes. I want you to spend it. Yes. <laughs> That's right. You understand? 
Everything God's talking about is real. It's real. It's real. It's real. That, that's the reason why when God sent the, sent the spies, told Moses, send those spies over to, to uh, Canaan to spy it out, they didn't come back empty-handed. No, sir. Because, because if they came come back empty-handed, it would still only have seemed like a dream, like, oh, what is there? But they brought back evidence. What was the evidence for? To bring back some visible, tangible proof of what that land is like. That's right, that the land is good. Because he had told them, I'm taking you to a good land, to a large land, from with milk and honey, vineyards you didn't plant. Come on. So what they brought back? Come on. Vineyard evidence. So when they're thinking vineyards, well, they've seen vineyards before. But not like that. See, their vineyard thought was maybe something menial, you know, the little vineyards, you know, the little grapes, little bully grapes, you know, the little grapes, you know. <laughs> But they brought back bunches so large it took two men to carry one bunch. That's right. And in other words, whoa, wait. Now, we were thinking vineyards. God's talking vineyards. Are y'all hearing me? So what, we, what we're talking and preaching seems lofty to the average Christian. That's why a lot of people can't handle this word. But I believe if you're still here... <laughs> It's because you can handle this word. You're saying, all right, you know what? This is, this is, this is lofty, but, I, but my spirit grabs hold of it. My spirit knows right away. So I got to work on getting my soul right. That's right. So we can get there where God wants to be. Right. Jump on so the first place you have to get your soul right is in your asking. Um, let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And let's read those together. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 14, 15. 1 John 5. All right. Let's read. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So we know here that if we ask anything in line with the will of God, we've got to have confidence that we receive them. Here's the first thing. We've got to ask according to his will. Not ask according to our will. We've got to ask according to his will. What is his will? Say it. The word is his will. So if I'm going to ask him for anything, I'm going to ask him only what I can find in his word. If you can't find it in his word, don't ask him for it. Okay, we joke about this. You can't ask God for another man or another woman's husband or another man's wife. You can't ask for that. Why? He says because you're supposed to have your own wife and your own husband. So don't ask him for that because he's not going to dissolve a marriage so you can have that person, right? That, let's settle that. You can't ask him for someone else's house. That's covetousness. You've got to ask things according to his will. He has a house, a car, a marriage that he wants to give you that's yours. But the moment we start asking things outside of his will, you can't have confidence in it. Right, no confidence. You can't have confidence in it. And guess what? He's not going to give it. That's right. Just like Jesus said, listen, we can look at that uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Mm -hmm. Because this is the example that Jesus gave us. Verse 7, it says, 
Can we put that in the King James? Hebrew 10, verse 7. He says, then, this, then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. You can also read that same verse over in uh, Psalm number 40. Jesus himself said, Listen, I've come to do your will. So if you got it, the first step is I've got to know his will. Say that. Say, I've got to know his will. And I found the biggest problem in the faith walk is we spend time hearing other people talk about his will, but when the rubber meets the road, we really don't know his will. We can go for ourselves. Because, you know, I know I did it for a while. When we first started learning faith, all of us are walking around talking about we want five-bedroom houses, four bathrooms, swimming pool, you know, pavers out front, and couldn't name three scriptures that said you can have that. So how do you have confidence in something you don't even know? You don't. So the first step is I've got to know his will. I've got to know it coming. I've got to know it going. I've got to know it when someone asks me. And I've got to know it when the devil starts applying pressure to me. Lord, Lord, I'm believing you. I'm believing you for, a, a, you know, a better car, Lord, a better car. What's your promise on that? What's your promise on that? So that's why our confidence leaves us so quickly because you, you're, you're your, there's no foundation. Your faith has to be able to lock itself right. in on something. Right. If you don't have anything for your faith to lock in on, you're going to be tossed. Right. Right. Now, listen, we can't just have faith or the confidence here. We've got to work with it long enough for us to believe it in our heart. Right. How do you know it's gotten into your heart? When the winds and the waves start coming, you don't change. Let's look at that. Go to Martin uh, chapter 4. Am I all over the place? Go ahead. Mark chapter 4. I'm just going to show you what it looks like when we're not locked in. Let's look at uh, uh, verse 35. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Who is he? Jesus. Who is he? Jesus. He's, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Jesus said, We're going to do what? Cross over to where? What are we crossing over? A lake, a body of water. We're crossing over. So we're going out on the water. We're going to the other side. Now, the moment Jesus speaks, that's the will. Mm -hmm. So his will was that the disciples were going to the other side. He and the disciples were going somewhere. That's his will. When he speaks his will, it is a done deal. So the moment I know his will, I've got some place to anchor my right, faith right. into. So when things happen... And they will happen. I'm not supposed to come unglued from, he said we're going to the other side. He didn't say let's try to go to the other side. He said let us pass over to the other side, period. Not we're going to try, not we're going to think about it, no, not we're going to give it our all. We're going to the other side. Now let's see what happens. And when they had sent away the multitude, I'm sorry, I'm reading King James, let me keep reading. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along, in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. 
And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Because he said what? Why was Jesus asleep? Because he's going to the other side. I'm going to get some rest. We're going to the other side, all right? It says, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And a wind, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? These are his disciples. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that are working alongside of him. These are his partners. But here's the problem. we got to understand that he said we're going to the other side. They've not yet learned that i got to take my faith and put it into what he said. Their faith was based on situation and circumstances. So a lot of times our faith can be based on situations and circumstances. How can you prove that? Remember we just came out of tax season? Yes. You know. Yes. And it wasn't us, because it's not us. But all of our cousins felt really good, right? The malls were thick. Walmart was thick. Target was thick. Everybody had full faith. I mean, people were doing stuff, paper tags on cars. Why? Because their faith was in the money. Well, the moment the money was gone, the faith was gone. Now they didn't have confidence that they could do, that's no faith. Not little faith, not some faith, but when your faith is hooked into anything else than the word of God, you can count it no faith. Now, he said, why is it that you are so fearful? Fear comes out of your soul. That's my proof that, that faith is a, a force out of my soul and not out of my spirit. See, we like to treat faith like this big, powerful giant thing that's going to override every situation and circumstance no your faith is going to fail you if it's not connected into the word of God it's going to come out of my soul man so I've got to spend as much time Mm -hmm. getting my soul under control as I spend learning his will okay because I got to take that faith put it in his word and now the faith can work yeah let's let's look at another scripture please uh, in Hebrews 6, because what you said about getting this, uh, this anchor, you know, maybe think about construction. You have something called an anchor bolt. Mm-hmm. When you put an anchor bolt in, you know, they, they, can, they can suspend, you know, 40, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, 100 pound speakers from the ceiling. Right, on a bolt. With anchor bolts. Yeah. And that thing is, you know, people, oh, it's going to fall. No, it's not. The thing is, that anchor bolt has that thing in there, right. okay? In Hebrews 6, watch this, verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. So God locked in this promise to Abraham, right? That's right. Saying, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. So he knew God's will to bless and multiply, right? And so after he had what? Patiently endured. Now you understand, that's where the issue is with most of us when it comes to receiving the promise of God. Patiently enduring. You know, we talked about uh, you go from faith to faith, right? But that too is patience. That's right. Faith, patience, faith. Glory to glory. Glory, patience, glory. 
Right. You know, if you're going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop, you can't just jump from a mountaintop to another mountaintop. There, there's a valley, a, a meadow you got to go through to get back up before you get back up to that other mountaintop. Right. That's where that patience lies. That's right. And, but if you get um, uh, overwhelmed and afraid in that valley time, you won't get back up to the next mountain, that next, next, next peak God has you to, uh, to be on. That's right. Now watch this. It says, for indeed, uh, for men indeed swear by, no, by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. What's happening? That dispute, that debate that's in the heart of men, yeah. when the oath is made, a promise is made, yeah. it ends the dispute. That's right. You got it? What, when we talk about doubt being in our heart, what's that? It's a dispute. That's right. It's an internal dispute about what the will of God is. Or an internal dispute about how this thing is going to get done. Uh, Double-minded. Two minds on it. That's, That's right. all it is. Just a dispute. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability or the unchangeability of his counsel, confirming it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Impossible. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. That's why what she said, if you can find God's word, get God's will on it, right. it is impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation or a strong conviction or a strong confidence. Got it? Who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the what? Hope. Are y'all there? Come on. Read it with me now. Of the what now? Hope set before Verse us. Verse 19 this hope we have, come on. As an anchor. So what's the anchor of your soul? My hope. Your hope. What's your hope in? Well, the hope is in the word of God. Whatever God said, he cannot lie. He cannot lie. So once I get his word on it, my hope anchors, is, uh, my hope anchors in that. So now that keeps my soul from getting all out of whack, which right. gets us in all kinds of right. trouble. That's right. Now. Uh, if we can look at Hebrews chapter 3, mm -hmm. because we're going to see how God feels about um, this heart of unbelief or unbelief. Okay. Unbelief, I think you have the Greek word for that, right? Uh, no? We may have done unbelief, I'm not we did sure. It. But unbelief is no belief. Right. Unbelief is you just don't believe it. And here's the case. How do you know whether or not you're believing it? Your actions. How you're, what you, the first sign for me is what's coming out of Kimberly's mouth. Whether or not I believe it, you're going to know. If I believe God is a healer, listen to me when I've inhaled something that's messed with my allergies. Then you'll know whether or not, if my first inclination is the moment I feel an itch and a clarity, 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 where's, okay, see, I'm still not yet believing that I'm healed or that he's able to heal. Hebrews 3 verse, let's see. Verse 10, because we'll tie this in, in a little bit. Since therefore I was angry with that generation, he's talking about that generation that was in the wilderness, and said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I've got to spend time knowing God's ways. Not spend time meditating on the situation and circumstances, but knowing his ways. How does God operate? How does he allow things to happen? Verse 11. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. You know, they angered him. 
verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But look what we're going to do. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So, when God sees unbelief, he sees an evil heart. So I've got to spend time on meditating his ways. How does he operate? How, what are his methods? What is his will? Because that's the only way I'm going to get unbelief out. The only way. Amen. Now, let's, let's look at something here. Um, Matthew 21, 22. We looked at this scripture here uh, a couple weeks back, a few weeks back. And then we'll start digging in here a little, a little deeper tonight. Matthew 21. Remember the story of the fig tree? Matthew's version of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get right to the, to the point here. Verse 22. He says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, believing you will receive. Remember that word receive is to take. Y'all remember that? Yes. And so he said, whatever things you ask, now, the same passage over in uh, Mark 11, he says, what things over you desire? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Where's your desire? Yes. In your soul. Mm -hmm. Right? On. Your mind, will, and emotion. That's right. See, this is what she was teaching that Friday about all your faith comes out of your soul. Comes out. And, and, and uh, the issue with, with many of us is we've not got our soul uh, set, a desire set on things. Jesus cursed this fig tree, right? Right. And the disciples were so amazed, like, wow, I mean, you cursed it and it's already dried up. Now, the faith, he cursed it by faith, right? That's right. And it dried up right away, correct? Yes, sir. Why? He was angry. Came out of his soul. Y'all understand that? Come on. He was angry in there. He was angry at that tree. Yeah. See, so, so that anger triggered, it powered his faith. Y'all, let's not say that. Come on. I know I probably shared this before you. That, okay. But his anger, uh, it powered his faith. Because faith comes out of your soul. It's got to be powered by something. It's got to be powered by, driven by some desire. That's right. Either to see something gone or to see, or to see something, something come. come. That's right. That's right. One of the reasons we talk about, you know, uh, uh, Apostle Callahan, when he comes here, talks about, uh, you know, the healing power that anointing works on his life. You know why? Because he hates sickness and he disease. Hates sickness. He hates it. His wife, his first wife, died of a cancer. Mm -hmm. He developed an absolute hatred for sickness, for sickness and disease. That's right. You understand that? Yeah. So now the power of God, his faith is powered by that hatred. While the prosperity of knowing works on, on Dad Durba's life so strongly he because poverty. he hates poverty. I mean. I've been around them. They hate poverty. They hate it. I don't just mean from their lives. Anybody else is like, right. they hate it. They ha we, we've developed a hatred for it. Right. For when you see, first of all, being through it and then seeing how it affects people's lives, yes. you hate it. Yes. You understand? Yes, that, that strong emotion will power your faith. That's right. Some people, some people excel in the, in the deliverance anointing. That's right. 
they can go and see somebody strung out on crack or, or whatever, or somebody with demon in them, and, and they, they lay hands, and them demons don't, they take off. That's right. Why? They've developed a hatred for that. That's right. That strong emotion in them powers that. You see what I'm saying that's to you? Right. So that, that's what I'm talking about when he says what things ever you desire. In other words, uh, from, in Mark's version, you've got to have a strong desire for something. Right. Not just, it would be nice if I had that. And, and how do you know you have a strong desire? Well, if, if, if it's something that you've spent time in the Word of God digging into, uh, you, you meditate and you're thinking about it, you're getting pictures of it. I mean, there are all kind of actions that you see that, wow, you know, you're saying something, you're doing something. Right. That's how you know you would develop a, a strong desire. If it's just some passive thing, you think yeah, about you it once every month. Yeah. Yeah, come on. It, your faith ain't going to do nothing for that because no. your faith don't have any power behind it. Right. Good brother Jerome. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right, okay. It starts with a hope. That's right. Okay. Or I should say, should say this. It starts with a desire. desire. You desire something. I, I told y'all this a couple few weeks ago. That's why, see, because what we're trying to get into tonight, if, and we're going to have to rush through this, is, is to get, get to a point where you understand God is trying to push your desire up. That's what he... Yes, sir. Be because he only, he only works in the up. Right. God, he doesn't, he doesn't operate in the, in the menial, mundane stuff you can do without your faith. He That's doesn't, right. if He's you can do there. it without your faith, he don't think about it. He don't, he don't get there. involved. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's right. So he, he's going to always, if you think God is involved, but your faith is not working in it, you don't need your faith. This is something you can figure out with your own numbers or figure out with your own. I can take this or do this or whatever. God is not involved. I guarantee you. Because without faith, it's impossible to it's please impossible. So what you have to get is, what he's trying to do is push your desire up. So he'll allow, he'll allow a real nice car to pass by you and make sure you notice it. Right. I'm telling you, see, yo, see what happened? We've, we've become so spiritual, we miss out on how the simple thing with God works. That's right. He'll allow you to drive through a neighborhood and see a house. That's way beyond your means to get your, de he's trying to get your desire up. Right. Now, here, here's, I think the first step is, is when you see those kind of things, is do I immediately believe I can have those things, or do I immediately believe, or do I immediately despise those things? Right. Yeah, because we've been there. Yeah, where if, if you, you see it, it, and ain't nobody need all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if it offends you. Nobody need to drive all that. Yeah. And, and what happens, if, you, if it offends you, You've missed God. You've missed him. Now, see, I know in regular church that, that people get messed with. But I'm telling you, if it offends you, you've missed God. Because God is only interested in getting your desire up. I'm that's the reason why he made sure they brought the grapes back. That's right. right. So they can see the grapes. That's right. So they can see, look, this, look, man, this is what it looks like over there, man. Yes. Evidence. evidence. So all of a sudden, now they got the evidence. Now, see, because they only been working on just what God tells we going somewhere over here. But now they got evidence. Now they got a desire. Now that desire now is, is meant to trigger their hope. Okay. 
All right, so whereas they might have been getting a little weary, now their hope gets them going. All right, all right, man, look, we got the desire over there. Look at that, man, we're going to get going with that, with that hope. Now, faith it has, to, has to, is what is the substance of that hope. That's right. Right? But what triggers their their faith, what powers their faith? A desire. It's that strong, it's, it's well, not, not just, well, we could take it back to the desire, but it's a strong passion. It's a, it's, I'm angry about the wilderness. All right, let me help you. Come on. So, so, God took care of the children of Israel in the wilderness. Did he not? Yes, he did. Did he feed them every day? Yes. But how much did he give them every day? A day's journey. Just the day. <laughs> so, just enough for each day. God, that wasn't the will of God. Nope. It was not his will for them to live on just enough for one day. See, what God wants to do is to have them get angry about that at just enough. So he, he wants them to, to get to get some some gusto in them. That's right. To say we need to get over to that land where it's plenty more, it's more than enough. That's right. See, so when you get that gusto inside you, which is in your soul, right. it'll power your faith. And most people will never rob anything. That's, that's why, like, remember uh, Dad Derby came through here a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, talking about how uh, to go from sad to glad, you got to go through mad. Mm -hmm. Most of us start out, we sad about where we are, sad about our condition, da 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 But if God never sends somebody through to make us mad about it, we stay right there. we'll stay at sad. That's right. The issue is you can't get mad at the wrong person. Like, in other words, you can't get offended right. by what you see. That's right. So if you, if you can respond, if you have the correct response, which is, well, look at that house. Look at my house. Something ain't right about this. <laughs> right. Well, you shouldn't be content with what you have. Father, I thank you for my house, but. I know. I know. You've got more. You've got more. And. When I begin to walk through your word uh -huh. and look at your will for houses, yes, okay, this yes. where I am is not necessarily, I don't, it doesn't line up with what your will is for houses. I'm going to come on up a little higher. See, you know, my wife, I was talking to her about, you know, how do you know God's will? People say it's this house or this house or this double or that. It ain't about what color it is. Is it the green house or the blue house? Nope. No. Just doesn't line up with his description. Right. See, God's not going to pick what color car you get. No. He don't care about what color car your BMW is. Right. <laughs> he don't care. That's, that's up to you. What are the things you desire? Right. But it's, it's can, you, can you believe me for something that's that's comfortable, that's dependable, that, you know, whatever. Right. That's, that's state, whatever it is. Right. That's how I bring and you up. And can you let me do it? And right. And can you let me do it? Yeah. And because that's why I, I didn't bring up. The children of Israel were in the wilderness and he was feeding them one day at a time. And then he told them, only get enough for one day. Right. But they tried to go more than one day. And now it got, it got mad. No, so, no, I'll provide more than one day, but you got to let me do it. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why on the weekends he told them, go and give it up for two days. Right. On the weekends, do what I say. Let me do this. Right. Let me bring you to that place I'm trying to get you to. That's right.
Yes, sir. And we saw this uh, very large home. Yes, sir. And I didn't know whether to believe for a home that big. You know, was that God's will for me? But I did get angry. I, <laughs> I think you and I got angry. Right, right, and, right. And I didn't know if that was too big. Right. For me. Is that too big for me? or Are you asking me, is that too big I'm, for you? I'm asking, is it God's will for me to have that and bigger? Or, you know, because I went back home that night at my house and I got angry. Right. Some more. <laughs> Some more. <laughs> right. Now, if you remember that, that day when you came and picked me up, we were, we were going fishing. Right. Right. You can't pick me up and you pulled up in my alley. I was right. still on the alley. You got mad for us. You got mad about my house. <laughs> you remember he that? Yeah. Pastor man. I got to take you to this. This is how you live it, man. We got to get you out this alley, man. And I'm like, what's wrong with my house, man? He got mad about my house. You ain't paying him. But then, like you said, we got out there and saw that other house. We both got mad. See, that's when everything starts right. kicking in. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, start moving. Then. That goes to Matt, what we read in Matthew 21, 22. Yeah. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Be it unto you according to your faith. So if you think that that's too big for you, amen, it will be too big for you. If you believe it's too small for you, it, will, it works in the converse. It'll be too small for you. Be it on whatever you can believe for. Because he's design. able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or right. even think. If, if you found a 50,000 square foot house, and I said, Lord, oh, that's too big. God said, too big? Can you, if you, if you can say that house, if you can think it, I can do more than that. That's right. Right. And somebody thought it. You know, you somebody think, else thought somebody it. Thought it. Somebody so thought you, you got to know from just the mere fact that somebody thought about it, drew it up, and, and built, built it, it, God can do even bigger. He can do even bigger. But it's according to what we can believe for. Here's the problem. Most of us look at our paychecks, look right. at our color, look at our bank accounts, look at our, uh, you know, our tradition, and we say, nope, I can't have that. Nope, I can't have that. Come on now, tell the truth. The moment you start thinking about moving, thinking about buying, the first thing you do is you calculate your paycheck. And you do that crazy mental math. And the moment you start doing the mental math, God is out. God is out. I, he's out. That's the it. moment. He's the moment. Out. Okay, so think about it. I make $50,000 a year. Okay, okay, my paycheck, okay, appetizers, I got $3,600 a month. Thirty-six hundred. Okay, I could pay eighteen because one of my check eighteen hundred for that, and five hundred for the lights, and two hundred for the water, and one dollar. Forget it. Forget it. So here's what you better do. You better go sit down with a good financial planner, because you're not working the spiritual. So make sure you're working the natural really well. Right. At least do that if you're gonna do that. Yeah, go sit down with somebody, let them show you what percentage of your check ought to be going to housing, what percentage of your check ought to be going to gas, what percentage of your check ought to be, you know, children tuition and fees and all that, because God is done. He's done. You know, really, we are saying this, and I remember, again, going back to last year, before we moved, uh, and we were in that limbo time, staying right. in mom and dad's house and praising God for it, because we had good breakfast every day. Yeah. We, hallelujah. <laughs> 
and uh, thank you God for everything, everything washed and everything. Praise Clothes God. folded up on the bed. That was like, that was like you want to move you know in with me? In the hotel. <laughs> I like at the hotel, boy. And uh, and uh, I was watching. I was watching a message. I just we had preached. It was on our on our you YouTube preached site. It. I preached it. Yeah. And I and well, it was on. I wasn't necessarily watching. I was kind of just had a plan in the background. And as you were walking past uh, the computer. I was preaching, what I was saying on the video was, your next house will not be based on your paycheck. And I grabbed it. She backed up and grabbed that. I wasn't paying attention, but she, I preached it, but she grabbed it. Right. Oh, so that's so good. So that very night, here's what I did. That very night, I didn't go to bed. Everybody else, I was up. Here's what I did. I got in my Bible, and I got to my mama's computer, and I started typing out every scripture I could find. Isaiah, I'm, and I'm, it's funny you went there because I, I, I had my scripture up. Yeah. Isaiah 32 was on my wall in my room that my husband and I shared in my mama's house. It's <laughs> and it says, uh, verse 18, And my people shall dwell in peaceable habitations and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Wall number one. That's the will. That's his will. So I know that I have to have a peaceful neighborhood. It's got to be quiet. Come on now. And it's got to be secure. Anything that wasn't peaceable, quiet, and secure came off the list. Because that's his will when it comes to us in houses. Part of it. I mean, we can that's find part of it. Are, oh. And then the other one, Leviticus 20, 24. Now, here's where I am right now. This is because... This is we go faith to faith. Amen. So I'm glad you said that because it took faith for, faith for us. You guys got to understand, when you sign a mortgage and, 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 and you know, and you're kind of those kind of faithful to death do us part people, you're that way about everything. So it, was, it took faith for us to put the deadbolt lock on that house and not go back in there. A word came to us to get your stuff Lock it and not go back. Okay, but that's our house. So we were thinking, at least I was, we go, we find a house. Next week, mom and dad will be out. We're going to go find a house and, you know, we just need about a week, two weeks, going to get ourselves together. We're looking, we're looking. Two weeks turned into a month, turn into two months. Okay, by the time you get into that second month, you're thinking, but you got a house over here, and you can go, you, you, can, you can go, mama good, daddy good, to, they were good to us. We were happy, <laughs> but faith wanted us to go, faith wouldn't let us go back. It took faith to not park the car, open the door, and go back in, because that would have been easy. Because by the time you've been denied and told no, and no, we're not renting to people who look like you, you want to go home. It took faith to stay out. Well, then it took faith to go somewhere else. Because when you're reading the scripture and you know what he wants you to have, and you haven't Spent every day pulling your soul up to that. You know what I'm saying? So we had to do crash you know, a crash course in soul prosperity. And it had to come fast. I mean, so you turned on the lights in our room, the whole wall was covered in scriptures. 
I got to see him when I wake up. I got to see him when I close my eyes. I got to see him when I'm going to check on the kids. I got to see that word because it, I needed it to happen fast. So faith to not go back, faith to move, but in the middle of all of that was a whole lot of patience being developed, a whole lot of patience. So he says now the next step is you know what kind of place you're supposed to be living in, but now can you trust me to give it to you? Because that's his will. If you read Leviticus 20, 23, he says, But I have said unto you, you shall inherit their land. Inherit their land. Huh? And he says, and I will give it unto you to possess it. So he says, it's not going to be yours. The deed is not going to be yours. It's going to be their land, and I will give it unto you. So when I listen to that, you know what I said? I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for this. Because he said I didn't have to. He said a land that floweth with milk and honey, I am the Lord your God, which has separated you from other people. Yeah, I'm special, and I'm not paying for it. Now, that, that, that's, that's a big deal. I gave it to you. That's a lot of faith. That takes a lot of faith to possess something that he gave to you. So I ain't paying for it. But, that, that, you know, again, that anger, this is going back to what, what Jerome asked about what, what you need. That anger had to be powered by something. I'm sorry. The faith had to be, had to be powered, powered by, by something. something. I'm going back and tying these two together. Yep. When Tony talked about, that anger. you know, that anger. I'm just dealing with the house because that's one of the examples we have. But a few years prior to that, we had already been looking for another place to live. But we weren't angry. But we hadn't gotten angry. It was just, it would be nice to move. It would be nice to have somewhere else. We, we, we know we're kind of tired of the neighborhood we're in and da-da-da. You know, we want to move into something nicer. But we hadn't gotten angry. So our faith wasn't doing anything. It's just it, a, it was just a desire. At best. But it, it wasn't driven by anything. Right. Because faith is a force. It's a force. Faith is a force. A force can move something. A force makes stuff get out of your way, or a force will pull something to you. Why, why, did, why did Hannah finally have a baby? Because she's she been fought. crying for yeah. years. But she finally got angry to the That's point. That's right. You, sometimes you need I'm a penina. woman talking about Yeah, me. you need a penina. You need somebody to make you mad about some and stuff. And that's what God, he gave us a, some paninas who start breaking in our house all the time. Yeah. Right? And I was like, yeah, you can go buy that, but I'm coming to take it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, go, go, Chris. Go get office. that. Go, go get that. I'm going to take that. We're just going to take it. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think I saw Tamara's hand first, and then we'll come to you. I was just going to just, uh, you know, make a comment about when I got my house and how it took me to get angry at having three kids in a two-bedroom apartment and losing everything in a fire. It was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore because before... I never wanted to own a house. I had this mentality that you should be married when you own a house. So it took me getting angry and upset that this ain't right. My kids are growing. My boys, they're too many years apart to be in the same room. You know, so, you know, I had to, I got angry and I got tired of living there. And I almost settled because I was going around getting all these other ideas of what I thought I could do. And, you know, and I just came to my man of God and said, hey, I'm being presented with some stuff. What do you think? 
got the instruction, followed the instruction, and woo woo woo. There, it just it went that way. That was the word that I got. But it took me getting angry and having that desire for something better for my family. And it, I mean, the process was a it was a process. But course, it just, like you said, it just took getting angry. And you okay. can't punk out in the process. That's yeah. What you're talking about. <laughs> Come over here if you can, real quick, uh, Adrian. Okay, in the time that you are waiting, per se, let's say with the house situation, my whole thing is I don't want to put anything on the walls. I don't want to look at anything that's going to make it seem like this is where we are if I know for sure I want to go somewhere else or I have that desire to get somewhere else. Is that me being depreciating where I am? Mm -hmm. Yes. Therefore, I need to show some appreciation mm -hmm. for where yes. I am and still continue to have yes. that drive. Yes. Maximize the now. Maximize where you are. Be faithful over where you are. That's right. Got it. Yeah, because even the, where, where we were before, we were talking about houses. We, we, we had paint samples on the wall. Yeah, if you walk in there right now, there's Because we, we were getting, I mean, we, were, we, were, we didn't like being there, but it's where you are. And so what, what has to happen is everywhere you go is, is the, remember the Garden of Eden? That's God's idea of where man should live. It ought to be beautiful. It ought to be fruitful. It ought to be watered. It ought to be just abundant. Well, everywhere we go, we bring the Garden of Eden. So if I'm in a, a you know, 500 square, square foot studio, it should be the Garden of Eden. That's right. And when I upgrade to the 1,000 square feet, it ought to be more garden. You maximize the now. It took us a while to get that, but that's, that's God's will. No matter where you are, there's a requirement on how we ought to live. You know, one thing that I feel focused on now is, he says, you ought to be always given to hospitality. So you'll always hear me fussing about stuff like plates and cups. And, why? Because he says that's how we're supposed to live. Christian people, I don't care if it's this big or that big. We ought to be able to show these Christian characteristics that he outlines in his Bible. That, that's just how we're supposed to live. All right? So, yeah, maximize the now. The word. The word. That's the only, only way you're going to agree yeah. is on the word. Right. What does the word say? Boom, it's got to have that. Yeah. Everything else is superfluous. You didn't get that down. That was Psalm number 144. That's the psalm that made me mad. Um, oh, happy. Happy are the people in such state. And I'm like, okay, you said that's happy. Well, then what I've been having ain't happy. So, I, I, yeah, Psalm number 144, the last few verses. He said, you know, he's talking about ridding me of those people. And I, there were some people I needed to be ridded from in my own neighborhood. Verse 11, rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children. They are strange over there. I need it out whose mouth speak vanity and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Why? That my son may be as a plant grown up in his youth and that my daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of the pattern, that my garners may be full, that my sheep may bring forth and my oxen are strong and there'll be no complaining in my street and where I was living, everybody was complaining in the street. I had to go. That's the scripture that made me mad. That's the scripture that made me say, I got to do this for my kids. It wasn't easy. It, 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 I mean, you want to talk about stretching? Stretch my faith in every direction known. I'm stretched in four dimensions. But the word said he got me. 
The word says he's going to give me their land to possess it. All he needs me to do is be a willing and obedient and go tread it out. Just tread it out. Just trust me to do it. And when you feel your faith getting weak, go back to the elementary things. Go back to confessing. Every month we confess and believe. You know, just because you did it the first month, you don't let up the second month. And if you've done it for six months, the seventh month, you better really do it. Because the devil is not pleased that we're doing this thing. Right. I remember being there and like month three, we're like, we've been here three months. Yeah. Wow. No, I see y'all understand. No, y'all I'm understand. serious. See, because every month is faith. It's every month is faith. Y'all get it. I'm telling you, if you calculate on your paycheck to do it, your faith is not involved. God is not involved. That's right. Because all it takes is one, one set of tires needed for you planned it. That's all it takes. That's right. So your faith is involved. And so every month we sit back and say, wow, God, you did that. And wow. even if you have enough, you still got to use your faith if you want God involved. I'm going to show you all something here. Uh, get Kirkland once with the microphone. I want y'all to open two scriptures here. Back in Matthew 15 mm-hmm. and Matthew 14. I'm going to show you something here. Go ahead, ask your question, sir. Um, I guess where I'm trying to be now is where do you either separate or disconnect where, okay, um, I'm believing and I don't want to be like I'm believing too lofty and not doing the things of, of the natural where God can add on to that, his super, but then also I wanna, don't want to be operating in the flesh like you're saying, trying to you know, count every little thing and trying to, you know, put myself in it, but where's that, that happy medium? Where's that, you know, where I'm crossing over into making sure that I'm staying in faith, but still being diligent, knowing the state of my flock and all of that? Like, what, where, where do I separate the two or where do I connect so I don't go out too far, but I'm not doing not enough? Okay. Here, here's how it works in faith. Remember, Pastor said we go from faith to faith, faith to faith. Here's what we've learned. Do not try to work your faith on cancer when you've not worked your faith on a, on, a, on a headache. Don't do that. Go take the chemotherapy. Right. Because faith is a force. You got to build it. You got to build it. You gotta, it's like building a muscle. You got to keep building it. At first, you might be only able to curl five pounds. Some of us, two pounds. But as you keep working and keep working and keep working at the while, you curling 50 and, you know, chewing gum and singing a song. So a lot of times we can, I want waterfront. Dad talk good things. I want a gated estate, okay? I want to own it because I want to be able to give away houses. That, you know, that's the ultimate goal is to be able to give away houses. You know, if I'm going to... Okay, but I can't go for the house with the gate owning it if I can't own or land a $1,500 beater. My faith hasn't grown to that level. So a lot of times we can be stretching ourselves in faith with something frustrating frustrating ourselves in faith when we've not manifested the little. You know, what do I look like, you know, believing God, you know, I'm going to wake up this morning, I'm believing God for $100,000, and I've not yet landed $10 consistently. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going around here, and I'm, oh, I got a jet, and I'm believing God for a jet. But if I struggle at the pump to put gas in that little old salt. Yeah, no, hush. Don't, don't say anything about a jet. Right. Because what it costs to fuel a jet. 
tens of thousands. You got to have a black card to do that. You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> so you, you're not, you can't, be, can't ever be too lofty with God. But you have to understand that you're, you're working on, you're progressing. We go from faith to faith to get there. Because your soul has to progress to that point. Yeah. Remember, you, it, it's, it's all about prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So I can't have prosperity in an area my soul has not yet gone. So if my soul quivers over little things, I'm not there yet. So what you do is you just kind of back it up to where you are, build it, build it, work it, work it, work it, now add a little more weight. Remember Dad Durba talked about believing God for $10, $10, $10, when you consistently got the $10, then he upped it to $100, consistently believing God to supply supernaturally $100, then go to the $1,000, oh God, I got the 1000 then the 10 then the 100 Do that in everything. Do that in in everything. Then when you start, it's time, your soul is already at the level, that gated house, waterfront, it's a piece of cake. And, go, and going from faith to faith, uh, in between, I'm not giving the devil no credit, but and going from faith to faith, how do you know that you're still in faith? I mean, because uh, I, I can, I'm an example. Uh, I was doing something on Friday, and a drug dealer offered to give me some money, and I said, I don't want your money. Um, but, I, but I believe in donations. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for, you know what I'm saying, but, but how, how, how could you answer that? How, I mean, and going from faith to faith, knowing that I'm praying for this thing, but it's like Satan is bringing it to me. You see what I'm saying? So how would I know where my faith is? Well, an example of that would be Abraham. In Genesis uh, 14, where the king of um, Sodom offered him all his stuff. And he said, no, I'll let no man say that you've made Abraham rich. In other words, Abraham had already placed a demand on God. Right. said, I'm in covenant with God. God's going to promise me I don't want what you have. That's, that was faith right there. That's faith. You just stand. How you know you're in faith is, is, is really, she talked about your words. Your words don't change. Cast out away your confidence. Remember right. talking about that word confidence, which is all about uh, your uh, unreserved speech. You keep saying the same, same thing, thing, same thing, even in the face pressure. of, mm -hmm. even under pressure. Because you can trust uh, pressure's going to come. But if you can keep saying the same thing in the midst of all the pressure, that's how you know I'm still in faith. I'm still in faith. Who do I see? I just wanted to um, ask you, because I know you said something big uh, before, I think it's last week, you said don't have faith in your faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that a prime example of that? Sure, yeah. You can, don't, don't put faith in your faith. Your faith has to be anchored in something. Right. The word, the cross, what Jesus has already done, your faith has to be anchored in something. Faith, faith is just a force. That's right. You understand? I don't put faith in electricity for my power. You know what I'm saying? I don't trust electricity. I trust Duke Energy. It's coming, the source. Where's the it source from? of it. Right. So God is the source of all of our prosperity. God is the source of our healing. God is the source of our strength. God is the source of our peace. So you have to have your faith connected in him, the word, the source. 
In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. Your faith has to be here in the Word, not anywhere else. Not anywhere else. Now, let's, let's look at something. I want to show you something real quick, and I think we'll come. Shantae, is here. I see your hand. So we'll come to Shantae after this. Okay, Matthew 14 mm-hmm. uh, and uh, verse 31. I'm going to go right to the verse here because we're, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, Matthew 14, 31. This is when Peter walks on the water. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yep. He walks in the water to Jesus Christ, but he saw. Um, go, go back to verse 30, in fact. Let's look at verse 30 for a second. Yep. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, this we talked about earlier, he was afraid and beginning to sing. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So Peter was doing it. He was in faith. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden he, he, he doubted. And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. Mm-hmm. Now, that word little uh, is is the Greek word. Oligos. Uh, which, listen to this, it, what it means. In terms of, you're talking about numbers, it means the size of your faith. In terms of time, it means shortness. So he said, oh, you have short faith. Your faith only lasts a short time. Or, listen to this last one, of degree or intensity, it means light faith. It's light. Your faith was light. No weight to it. No weight to your faith. In terms of intensity, it's just, you have slight faith. There are saints oh, of faith. Now yeah. watch. Because uh-huh. That's a good question. Because let's go over to Matthew 15. Yep. And we'll see a comparison. That same one we talked about earlier. If you look at Matthew 15, uh, let's see, verse 28. Mm-hmm. This is after the same woman who begged for that healing for a daughter. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great mm-hmm. is your faith. Let it be to you as you, you desire. desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So obviously she desired her daughter to be healed right away. That's right. Because her daughter was healed right away according to her desire. But he said, great is your faith. That word great is the, is the Greek word megas. Mega, mm-hmm. which means uh, in terms of intensity and degrees, it means with great efforts of the affections and emotions of the mind. It means violent, mighty, or strong. Mm. So remember we talk about the reason Jesus could curse that fig tree and it, it died right away? Because he was violent in his spirit, in his soul about that. Angry, strong, mighty. So that light faith got nothing. Nope. Or it, I mean, it, it lasted a short time. He walked for a little bit and then he slipped. But when your faith is great, so yeah, we, we can go from... None of us start out with great faith. No. We all start out with no faith. <laughs> and the truth of the matter about it is, you can be saved 20 years and have great faith in one area and light faith in another. Yep. And no faith in other areas. Yep. That's right. It's based on how much you've meditated the word of God on certain situations. You know, they talk about um, some of the, the biggest faith healers that ever lived in the, in the, in the 20th century died of sickness and disease. Yeah. They had great faith for ministering healing, yeah. but, but little receiving. faith for receiving healing. Yep. Most of them died of, of some crazy sickness or disease. Because you got you to have faith, intense faith, be mad enough, strong enough, violent enough for that thing to, to get it to happen. That's what powers your faith, Shantae. Well, 
actually answered my question. I was wondering about the levels of faith, you know, having faith in certain places and then not so much in other places. Because that's kind of like where I, where I am. Like I have faith that, I have great faith in, like I, I ask him to slow down the time and trust me. For me, he does that. Mm -hmm. But then the other day, I was asked, because I also, I pray that he builds my faith. Build my faith, Lord. Is, there, is it wrong for me to ask for him to build my, because I asked him to build my faith so I can trust you for every little thing, everything. Because he's not going to do it. But, and, and then, you know what he did the other day was, I asked him to slow down time. I said, Lord, slow down time. I was taking a quiz on the computer. I said, Lord, slow down time. It was an open book. I need to find these answers. Slow down time. And the, time, the computer froze at three minutes and 40 seconds. And so I was like, oh, it's messing up, the computer messing up, you know. Because in my mind, I, I forgot that I had just said, Lord, slow it down, and he stopped it. Wow. Mm. You know, so it's like, I, and I. Because you needed that time, I didn't you? Needed you were intense, weren't you? Yes. Your faith worked, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, Great and faith. I'm kind of like, so I'm wondering, is it okay for me to, to, to plead with him to, so that I can feel that way about everything? See, he's not, he's not going to build your faith for you. He doesn't do it. No. You've got to build your own faith. You've got to grow your own faith. He, he gave you the muscle. He's not going to work them out. I wish God worked my muscles out for me. <laughs> God worked my muscles out for me. Make these things big and strong. Yeah. He's not going to do it. I gave you the muscle. You've got to work it out. Be it unto you according to your faith. Yeah. He showed it to me this way. Um, on Friday, it's, it's whatever you've accepted, you won't cry out about. Yep. If you've accepted your poverty, you don't even think about it. You don't think about where you live. You don't think about what you drive. You don't think about the quality of food you eat. You don't, you don't even think about that because you've accepted it. If, whatever you've, if you've accepted that you're young and bad and that joker bad, that joker going to be bad, he's just bad, you don't even cry out like this mama cried out. I mean, this lady broke into somebody else's house. Jesus wasn't home. He wasn't at he her was house. He was trying to hide. She disrupted his whole getaway. Yeah. Falling at his feet, worshiping, entering the dialogue, making a ruckus so much so that the disciples wanted to, you know, Lord, yo, That's why she bothering us? Get her out. But she wanted it so bad for her daughter to be, you know, free from this demon. They call her dogs and everything. Call her dog. She ain't get mad. You can call me what you want to call me. I got an answer for that too. Don't the dogs even get the crumbs from the children's table? And he said, for this saying. So what, whatever you want, mm. I can tell by how you're crying out. Mm. Right. So can God. He said, listen, so let it be to you as you desire. It was up to her how it was going to turn out. So if she just wanted her to sleep a little longer at night, that's all she would have got. That's yes, right. that's exactly it. It gets more it. intense as you go. That's right, to the point that you kicking doors in. She kicked the door in. I mean, she's in somebody else's house and stole the show. Think about in, 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 uh, in the scripture, Mark and Luke recorded, where, where Jesus is in a house, the house is filled with people. Yes. And these men broke the roof, roof open. Oh, tore the roof off somebody's house. Says. Come on. They broke the roof open to let their friend down, and it says when Jesus saw their faith. Their faith. It says he saw their faith. Faith. That's right. It didn't the say he saw their actions. It. it said he saw their faith. Yes. Their faith results in, resulted in intense action. Those guys were desperate to get their friend healed. That's right. That's and, right. Psh, Jesus, man, come on, get up. Yeah. Jesus, forgive me. Yeah. 
I mean, if I wanted to move that chair, I could take my, my pointer finger and move it a little bit. I can move that chair with my pointer finger. Okay, if I wanted to move it a little further, I might use my hand and I can push it. That's a force. Just push it a little bit. It might slide back to my mom with just my hand. But if I want that chair to get out my way, I'm going to lay on my back and take my feet and I'll kick that joker to the back of the room. That's the levels of intensity. Well, that's the same thing with our faith. A lot of us are trying to move stuff like this. It ain't going anywhere. So here, here's the question. Okay, so if God already want me to have all this stuff, he's already, you know, why, why don't he just do it? Why got to beg and cry to God? It's not that. He's already done everything he's going to do about a situation. He's done. He he's done. Seated. He's seated. He's resting. He's resting. Seventh day. It's he's over. giving you faith. That's right. Work it. This is his system. And if you just apply your faith, you can, have it. You can get whatever you want to. He's already done it. How come they don't see God first, but they do all this other crazy stuff? Shouldn't they go to God they first before they stuff? do anything? Crazy. They do all this, all this what stuff? Crazy stuff. There you go. They're crazy. Bam. They ain't crazy. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let that man think he shall receive, receive anything. Anything. Nothing. Donata. Rian. That's, that's, the, that's the answer to your question right there. Sister Carolyn. Okay, the word said he's given us the measure of faith mm -hmm. that we may grow thereby. That's right. That's what I'm saying. He's already given us faith. You, got to, you can grow the, grow the faith. Yep. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You can grow your faith or you can let your faith just atrophy like a muscle. But the more you work it, the more you spend time in the word, the more you spend time around other believers, That's right. your faith can grow and, 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 and you really you grow up by working it. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You grow muscle by working it. Like you said, five pounds. I remember when my, my mother, uh, before she passed away many years ago, when she went through cancer battle, and she really had lost all her strength. And this woman who I had seen carrying big old pots, you know, when she owned a restaurant, I saw her with a, a little two-and-a-half-pound dumbbell trying to pick that up and couldn't hardly pick up a two-pound dumbbell. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, what, what is wrong with my mama? I, and I realized all the treatment is zapped all her strength. Yeah. But she was able to work it and start building it back. You see what I'm, I'm saying? Now, we see little kids. We watch little kids go from that. You know, start picking up a little pencil and a fork, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they, the more they work that muscle, they get stronger and stronger. It's the same thing for us in our faith. That's right. Very same thing. I saw somebody over here. Okay, Elise. I'm asking about, like, where to start. So we start with desire. So Because I'm believing God to fill up my place and car repairs and all that stuff. And so I'm, I'm start, I looked at some pictures of stuff that I wanted and all that. So exactly where to start, because I started using the scripture. He'll add it all to me and fill my house with good things. So where, just basically, where do you start? Is that right? Where you start with pictures and then start desiring things? Because I'm, I'm, I'm finding it where am I so, something's not settling, something's not clicking together, and I know the difference between when I was believing God and I got it versus when I'm like, uh, but it's not really, something's not right in there. So it, you go shopping. Okay. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? No, nobody caught that. No. You go shopping. Yeah, rich people shop. 
that hit me the other day when Pastor Ken was preaching and said, healed men walk. Instantly I heard in my spirit, rich people shop. See, so some, we say we're in faith, but we don't do anything. That's like saying I'm looking for a job, but you know, I want a job, but you're sitting at home. No, you don't want a job. And in the natural, people tell you, you ain't going to get no job sitting at home. No. In the, people tell you that in the natural. Right. So what happens in faith many times, well, all right, God, I'm believing you for a car. Go shop for a car. That's but right. I don't have no money. Do, are you believing God to give you a car? Right. But I don't know money. See? Right. Okay, you're not in faith yet. Because faith not only has words, but it has actions. Right. So, this woman can give you example after example after example of times when we have needed things in our house, whether it's food, whether it's clothes, whether whatever it was, and she didn't, have, she, didn't have, she didn't have money. No. But she went shopping. I mean, got dressed, left the house early, stayed out all day. And went shopping. And when you move, that's when you allow God to show you, okay, turn here. Right. Go here. Right. But if you never move on it, he has no opportunity to work anything right. for you. Right. Right. I'm just waiting on God. Does he going to have somebody come to my house with a, no. No. My doorbell with, a, no. with a piece of furniture? It can happen that it way. It could. But... It could if you want to wait that long. Right, no. It might take two or three years for right. people to bring all the furniture to your house you need. I decided I was going to change our linen in our bedroom. Mm -hmm. uh, change my comfort again. Yeah, I like to change it. It's kind of boring. And uh, we went to Dillard's. And I was walking through and I said, let's go up on the third floor and let's look at these linens. Because I want some new. I like linens. I'm going to tell you like this right here. I'm going to tell you the truth. I was in Dillard's, okay? I got the duvet cover, two shams, the bed skirt, and I got that hotel luxury line. You know that hotel luxury line? I got that. I paid $20. But if you never go shopping, you don't find those kind of things. You won't find the Lord has what you're asking him and believing him for right there. He has it right there. Now I have to he'll, he'll have He'll have the one pair of shoes in your size left waiting for you. But if you don't go shopping, you won't get them. Because your faith is action. Your faith action. makes you go. Your faith makes you say, I am leaving. So I furniture shop. I go looking for things for the house and boom, they show up. And, and then once you land your faith for that, what happens for me is I don't care where I go. I went in Dillard's just the other day and there was another high end. I just ain't going to put cream in the house. But high end, whole bedroom complete set for $20. Like, don't nobody else in the world see this? You, you just, but if you don't ever go, your faith, it won't grow. Because you God, God is sitting, I see him like this. This is just how I see him. I see him sitting on the edge of his throne looking down at me, anxious to bless me. And he's waking me up and saying, Kim, get up. It's out there. But if I roll over in the bed and it gets sad because I ain't got no money and I'm tired of sleeping like this and I want some new curtains and, <laughs> and so I just sit in the house all day and I don't take off my pajamas. I'm sliding around in slippers and then it's 6 o'clock at night and then I'm depressed and I come in and I try to go, praise you Jesus. But you're really sad because yesterday you knew you wanted something and he woke you up because he was telling you it was out there but your faith is 
and you wouldn't get up and go get what he's already prepared for you. I think that's the thing we're trying to get everybody to understand. It's already out there. Everything God has for you, it's, it's out there. It's already done, but we have to move. Like my chairs. I don't know why that lady got rid of those chairs. They look... You know about your chairs. Your chairs. Why would they get... But they were... Th- because she said, God, I'm having faith. I'm trusting you. Today is the day. Correct me. Show me where they are and go and open up a trunk and somebody be there to help you load it up. That's just, this is how it works. But if we're sitting and doing like the children of Israel, read Deuteronomy chapter 1. Read it. Their souls got so crazy. They got so bad. They were sitting in their tents murmuring and complaining. How many Saturday mornings are we sitting in our tents murmuring and complaining about what we don't have? What we wish we could have. They murmured and they complained. By the time they finished talking amongst themselves like nuts, it came out to the Lord God hates us. That's what they were the saying. children of Israel said the Lord God hates us, and God finally said it's because they don't believe. That's right. All right. It's late. Let's do our last two questions, and then we, we got to uh, close it out. Brother Barry. Thank you. Yes. Uh, just to kind of piggyback off of you know, what's, what you guys are saying, um, Actually, yesterday, um, well, before that, we were look. I was look. We were looking for some fryers for the business, and um, we fryers. saw some. Yeah, fryers. Like, yeah, deep like little deep fryers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, they do you know, corn dogs. No, no, we're gonna be doing some hilltop wings, and no, <laughs> hilltop wings. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so I mean, it might be a hilltop corn dog. You never know. But uh, <laughs> we, we're looking for some. We're looking for some fryers. So um, at first we we saw some that we you know that we really liked, and they were a little bit out the price range. Um, but I, we we went to Miami recently, and, and my brother he he has connections where he can get, kind, huh? Yeah, he can you know he can get those, those items liquidated at, at a lower price. So I was like, okay, these are the, you know I showed him a picture. You know this is what we're looking for, and you know if if you can just give me three of them. You know, then you know we'll you know we'll pay you. You know, so he said, okay, no problem. We'll look for him. So a long time went by. I mean, this was like a few months ago. So you know, we we were kind of walking around. We were looking at the fryers in the stores, and she was like, well, you know, why don't we get them? I was like, no, let's just continue to wait. You know, because he said he was going to look for us. So I'm I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna touch these on the shelf. Right. So my brother called me. He texted me yesterday. He's like, look, man, uh, the guy has his fries for you. He has four of them. And he said, you can get all four for $100. Wow. That's, that's a good price. I don't know. No, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. They were like, like $75 a piece. Okay. Yeah. So like $75 a piece. Amen. So I can get all four of them for yeah. $100. Praise so God. That's good. Amen. That's right. That's but you got to look. You got to look. And here's the thing. He said something, too, I want to make sure we bring up. Start changing. You know how a lot of y'all like to shop online now or you go in the store? Start changing your search. Instead of searching low to high, search high to low. Mark my words. Because when we go low to high, we're trying to find where we're comfortable. God doesn't get involved. Yeah, I just wanted to touch with at least um, on, uh, on, on faith and using the instrument. Maybe I'll take it out of your library. Uh, when they had the gardens, when they was tilling all the gardens, they had to use the sickle. 
And if they just left the sickle there, it wouldn't have got no crops. That's right. So you have to put your faith in action. Immediately, that's what Mark, right. Mark 4, 29 says. Immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. You got you to gotta work it. Now, what you said is something else important. Three things, even Pastor Durbin talked about this to your faith. Uh, call, he calls it WAG. W-A-G. Words, actions, gifts, or seeds. Seeds accelerate harvest. That's right. Right. You understand? Sowing accelerates uh, things happening in your life. But even sowing is an act of faith, but reaping is an act of faith. That's right. You got to put in your sickle. So you got to shop for it. You got to look for it. You understand? Craig, whatever you got to do, you got to look for it if you put your faith out there. Because it's not just going to drop it off to you. Not generally. No. You understand that? We may have to take this up and do this again because... We want to, I don't think we got nearly as far, I know we didn't as far as we want to get into this. Yeah, who's got to talk about the demand is anointing. Because God wants you to put a demand on his word. On his word. And uh, so we got to talk more about how to do this. So maybe we'll pick this up again next, next Wednesday. How about that? All right. We'll see about that. Amen? Amen. Did y'all receive anything out of this tonight? Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. We pray that your people have been blessed as we have yes, been God. blessed to be able to share the word. And I pray that, Lord, that all of us would begin to work our faith and develop our faith to, to uh, manifest the things you have for us, God. You've already done everything that needs to be done. There's nothing else you have to do, Lord. Hallelujah. You've already supernaturally provided. You've already supernaturally paid the price for everything through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Thank you that's already done. Now, Father, we will apply our faith, place demands on, on your word, on your covenant. And so that, Lord, we can fulfill and manifest in the earth the things that you've already done. Now I pray strength for each and every one of us, that, God, that your word would, uh, would, would become real and alive to us, that we'll no longer wave, waver and, and be tossed to and fro, but that, God, will develop, Lord, uh, some stability in your word, stability in faith, uh, and, and strength in our faith, God, that our faith gets stronger, goes from, from oligos to megas, because, Lord, we have grown in it, we go from faith to faith and glory to glory and victory to victory. We thank you for it. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise